95.6. The one and only. Los Rabe. Yeah, I'm back at the helm of the Zeppelin. I was away on a uh, almost a month trip going to uh, Ireland and then Canada for some music festivals and also some interviews. Mark Stensler back at the helm of the Blue Zeppelin. I want to thank Dieter Sigrist for sitting in in my absence and putting on a wonderful flight, piloting the Zeppelin two weeks ago. Terrific show. Thank you, Dieter. Just shows you that we here at Radio Band Raba, this is all volunteer radio, community radio, and we all look after each other. I'm very glad to be part of this station. In this program, we got a lot of stuff. I was out in Edmonton, Alberta two weeks ago interviewing Holger Peterson, the, uh, the host of Saturday Night Blues on CBC Radio and also on CKUA, which is a, a public station in the province of Alberta, Canada. We're going to hear a uh, special radio series. We're going to have six segments of that coming up. While I was in, uh, my uh, trip to Canada took me first to St. John's, Newfoundland for five days, then to Halifax, Fredericton, New Brunswick for the Harvest Jazz and Blues, fantastic festival, and then out to Ottawa and on to Edmonton. And on the way back, Wellington, Ontario, I was everywhere, and I have music. I came back with about 60 CDs and a number of interviews. We're going to get to that. Um, When I was in St. John's, Newfoundland, I was a guest with the wonderful Terry Parsons, who hosts Blind Lemon Blues, Blind Lemon Blues on CHMR Radio in St. John's. And I came back with uh, the recording of that program, which is broken into uh, six Six segments. So for the next six Blues Zeppelin programs, we're going to hear a segment. 
And then in the bottom of the second hour, as if the show was not full enough, I have an interview with Scott Sherrard, lead guitarist for the Greg Allman Band. Of course, Greg Allman passed away at the end of May in uh, 2017, but they finished a brand new CD, and we're going to talk about that. It's called Southern Blood, and uh, I interviewed Scott last week. We're going to hear that today with some tracks from the new CD. Let's get it started. First, we're going to go up to the Netherlands. Richard Van Bergen and Rootbag, brand new CD called Walk On In, and the track is called Rock Me Right, and welcome to the Blues Zeppelin. In the morning, 
was a day just like any other day when I finally realized there was no reason there was no That's uh, Seth Walker, North Carolina-based Seth Walker, off of a 2016 release called Gotta Get Back, and the track we heard was Moving On. Before that, we heard, we opened the show, I should say, with Richard Van Bergen with uh, his band called Root Bag. The CD's called Walk On In, and the track is called Rock Me Right, brand new from the Netherlands. And lots of new music coming out. Jimmy Carpenter, the wonderful Jimmy Carpenter, part of Mike Zito. And The Wheel has his uh, brand-new CD out called Jimmy Carpenter Plays the Blues, produced by Mike Zito. And Mike Zito is on the CD playing uh, guitars, also on vocals, uh, on Viztone Records. Brand-new from Jimmy Carpenter, and the track is called Kid in My Head. Yeah, we all have one here on the Blues Zeppelin. Living inside my head. 
pebble in your shoe. Yeah, that's the great blues guitarist and good friend of the Blue Zeppelin, Morgan Davis. He has a brand new CD out on Electrify Records. It's called Home Away From Home, and the track we just heard was Pebble In Your Shoe. And interesting, on the uh, liner notes inside the, uh, the CD case, or CD cover, I guess you'd say, are pictures of all the motels that, uh, where, where uh, Morgan has stayed during his travels. Really nice CD. Alec Frazier's on this CD. Uh, Colin Linden is on this CD. Samantha Martin and Delta Sugar are on here for uh, background vocals. Great CD. New stuff from Electrify Records' Morgan Davis. Now, I got to tell you about somebody who I've spoken about her once before on the Blue Zeppelin, Angelique Francis. She's only 20 years old. She has a CD out now uh, self-produced called Kissed by the Blues. I saw her in Wellington, Ontario at the end of my trip. You can't believe that this young woman is 20 years old, plays stand-up bass uh, guitar, acoustic guitar, keyboards, and harmonica, and sings. And the track we're going to hear is called 24 Hours. And just check out how good this is.
from Monastery, Nova Scotia. That's a Lee boy from his CD called Better Man Blues. And I saw him, he uh, performed at the Harvest Jazz and Blues Festival. Before that, Angelique Francis, I have not enough good words to say about this young woman. She's even a full-time college student, and she's doing this uh, music on the side, performing uh, pretty much most weekends pretty incredible story, and she's going to be performing at the Sigishwara Blues Festival next March in Romania, somewhere near Transylvania in Romania. I'll give you more information as I get that information coming closer to the date. We're going to go back now to this uh, brand new CD by Morgan Davis. There's a wonderful track on it called Natural Medication. Yes, I think you know what we're talking about here. And then we're going to come back for this uh, interview with Holger Peterson. Busy show today on the Blues Zeppelin. We don't do like whiskey. Whiskey ain't like we. When you need to medicate. Select the one you need Sometimes when you're down The bottle helps you blur If you're feeling sickly Or roll the reefer for sure Stay away from the pills They won't cure your ill Take my advice And you'll feel real nice People, there ain't no cure I know that for sure for consolation natural medication stay away from the doctor he won't do you no good get the natural medication make you feel just like you should people there ain't no cure I know that for sure it's for consolation a natural medication we don't do like whiskey Whiskey ain't like weed When you need to medicate Select the one you need When you need to medicate Select the one you need When you need to medicate Yeah, good advice from Morgan Davis. Natural Medication is the song. The CD's called Home Away From Home, brand new on Electrify Records. And I also wanted to say that Jimmy Carpenter, who we heard the first set, He'll be my guest in November here on the Blue Zeppelin, and we're both mourning the loss of a wonderful uh, blues festival director here in Switzerland. Uh, Norman Hewitt passed away this weekend, 
and he ran the Blues to Bop Festival in Lugano for more than 25 years, and Jimmy Carpenter performed there on a number of occasions. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention his passing, and it makes sense because uh, I used to see Jimmy down there quite often. We're now going to turn to an, to an interview that I performed a couple weeks ago in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, with Holger Peterson. Now, if you don't know Holger, he not only runs Stony Plain Records, the founder of Stony Plain Records, wonderful blues label featuring Eric Bibb, uh, Duke Robillard, uh, I can give you lots and lots of names. Colin Linden is on that label. Um, but in addition, he also uh, hosts Saturday Night Blues on CBC Radio and has his own uh, radio program on CKUA in Edmonton for almost 50 years. So we're going to go to that. We have music that's related to the interviews and uh, to the interview. And so let's get it started right now. It's an absolute pleasure to... Uh introduce Holger Peterson onto the Blue Zeppelin. I'm here in Edmonton at the uh, studi- studios of CKUA. And Holger, first of all, tell me about this wonderful radio station. I've never seen anything like this. Well, first of all, Mark, thank you very much for coming here and uh, spending some time in Edmonton, getting to know the uh, the Canadian blues scene even better. Yeah. Uh, we're very fortunate in the province of Alberta uh, which is, of course, in Western Canada, uh, to have a public broadcaster uh, like CKUA. And CKUA is broadcast into 17 different uh, communities. Um, it covers pretty much the whole province. Uh, it's a, an institution, a cultural institution that's been around here for 90 years. Uh, in November, CKUA will celebrate the 90th anniversary. That's amazing. It is, isn't it? It started as a university uh, radio station at the University of Alberta predates CBC. It's the oldest public broadcaster in Canada. And uh, the province of Alberta took it under its wing um, and uh, subsidized it. Uh, so the people of Alberta paid for this for, for decades. And then eventually um, it became a listener-supported radio as it is now. So, you know, the last uh, 20 years have been listener-supported radio. Holger, you've been on the blues scene uh, for almost 50 years on CKUA since 1969 and also hosting Saturday Night Blues for 31 years on CBC Radio. You also uh, run Stony Plain Records. So the blues is is somewhere deep in your DNA. I've been so fortunate to have, um, you know, been able to take this love of and hobby to uh, to be able to uh, to get involved in producing records and doing radio shows and having those opportunities. So I'm very grateful, and I uh, I certainly recognize um, how um, you know important that is in my life. You know, tell me a little bit about some of the interviews you've done. You've done an incredible number, countless number of interviews. I would yeah. say. Do you know have any idea how many you've actually done? Well. Um, I would say probably well over a thousand, you know, when you consider that um, that I've been doing, you know, these various radio shows. And and also, uh, as you know, when you go to um, um, 
a festival sometimes. You end up doing, you know, several interviews. When we do live broadcasts uh, from the Edmonton Blues Festival, Calgary Blues Festival, Edmonton Folk, Calgary Folk, sometimes in the course of two hours, I'm doing, you know, half a dozen interviews. But uh, I would say well over a thousand, and they range from, you know, interviews where you're backstage and you have a few minutes to, you know, telephone interviews to interviews where you go to somebody's house and and spend uh, two or three hours talking to them and recording their uh, their interview portion. One of the earliest interviews, I guess, you did, and you've done it more than once, was with B.B. King. I was so fortunate to have interviewed B.B. King seven or eight times Um and he truly was, you know, um, the king of the blues, um, the ambassador for the blues, uh, intelligent man, sensitive man, um, an incredible artist uh, in every respect. Um, and he just treated people so well. So yep. uh, did you ever meet B.B. King? I never met him. I saw him probably six times. Yeah. yeah. But a wonderful guy. And if... You did have an opportunity to spend time with him. He always gave you way more than you thought, you know, and he would uh, he would be very generous with his time. And uh, on a few occasions, I ended up actually hanging out with him, uh, oh, you know, wonderful. at his invitation. Um, but every time uh, I finished and, um, you know, I would be kind of, uh, I'd still have that buzz for a week afterwards and a big smile on my face because he had that effect on people. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we want to go way back, way back.
story now. Ladies, if you got a man, husband, whatever you want to call him, and he don't do exactly like you think he should, don't cut him because you can't raise him over again, you know. Don't hurt him. Treat him nice. And fellas, I want to say to you, if you got a wife, a woman, or whatever you want to call her, she don't do like you think she should, don't go upside her head. That don't do but one thing. That make her a little smarter. She won't let you catch her the next time. So all you do is talk to her softly. It's real sweet, you know. And you tell her, I know you'll do better. Someday, baby. Holger Peterson took some of his most memorable interviews and published them in a two-volume collection called Talking Music, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Yeah, that's uh, the, the second book, uh, Talking Music 2, um, has 25 interviews in it. And um, when I was putting it together, I, I decided to put B.B. Uh, the first interview because I thought that's how important he was to the music, but also uh, kind of in, in my life, you know, in terms of uh, 
just being a music fan, um, we talked about all kinds of things, um, including, you know, his childhood. Um, and I think the interview starts with me uh, on the back of his tour bus, and he's sitting there with uh, two or three computer screens in front of him, and I start asking him about what he's doing, and, and he starts going into... Uh, uh, showing me his um, his his collection of MP3s and talking about the transition that he made as a disc jockey from 78s to you know cassettes and reel to reel and albums and and now to uh, MP3s and um, he you know goes to the screen and he says yeah I've got like uh, 81 Charlie Christian tunes and and describes you know his record collection which to me is is real golden. And to be able to say this is how many of this artist that he had, you know, and and, uh, and then to find out how um, diverse his interest in music is. And, and uh, he, he, he said, oh, have you heard The Mighty Sparrow? You know, let me play you this song by The Mighty Sparrow, you know. Uh, and it was just so, uh, so great because, you know, it was a couple of record collectors, um, music fans sitting down sharing their record collections which is kind of what we used to do on Saturday afternoons in our basements or something, you know, right. <laughs> listening to 45s, right? I also heard B.B. in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, and later. But in fact, there were these wonderful records that came out in the 60s live from Kansas City. Absolutely great stuff. Yeah. B.B. talked about uh, his favorite record, and, and um, which is My Kind of Blues, and talked about the circumstances of doing that. And it's pretty much an overlooked B.B. King record. Um, and, of course, you know, Live at the Regal is, is the one that, uh, that everybody uh, kind of acknowledges as maybe right, one of the greatest live records of all time uh, with the audience response that B.B. King got. Um, but he always said that was kind of like, as far as he was concerned, that was kind of his normal show you know there was yeah. nothing special about that particular evening or that recording um yeah we talked about a lot of different things and and uh, he went into great detail about describing his tone and his style and and um you know deficiencies in his hearing that brought out other parts of his you know tone that he got and um yeah it was a, just a wonderful uh, interview yeah i also want to ask you there's some wonderful names here charlie musselwhite Solomon Burke, uh, Duke Robillard. Duke has been a uh, on the blues scene. He's also on Stony Plain Records for a long time. I've interviewed him in Switzerland. Uh, I think he's a great artist. He absolutely is. Um, I first met Duke. I was a fan of his music, a fan of Roomful of Blues, and I met him at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. I think it was 1992, and we started talking, and um, I actually said, you know... Um, your show is so full of so so much straight-ahead blues. Um, you know, would you be interested in doing a straight-ahead blues album for Stony Plain? And that kind of opened up. Uh, we eventually did. He was signed to uh, Virgin Records, uh, Point Blank, but they were more interested in his rock and blues side. So we worked it out that Stony Plain, for Canada only, did a real hardcore Duke Robillard blues record. It's called Duke's Blues. And um, after it was done and we released it on Stony Plain, uh, then Virgin Point Blank heard it and said, this is great. 
can we release it in the rest of the world? So that, uh, that uh, gave us an opportunity to work with uh, Virgin on, on that particular title and opened the door for many, many projects with Duke Robillard. I saw Duke in Zurich when he had released that Point Blank CD, mm-hmm. and I think he's gone on to much greater things. We've done over 20 Duke Robillard records, including records with Duke, two records with Duke and Herb Ellis together. Uh, Duke Robillard and I produced several Jay McShann records together, uh, Jimmy Witherspoon, um, he produced Roscoe Gordon, Doug James did a, a solo record. Um, we did a lot of, we, we continue to do a lot of projects. We've done two Billy Boy Arnold records together. Uh, so working with Duke has been uh, just an absolute pleasure, and I'm so grateful for that opportunity for Stony Plain. He also did something remarkable. He put together a calendar a couple of years ago with these wonderful photographs that he took, I think from the 90s even, when he was touring with B.B. King. That's these right. were black and white uh, photographs, and I got 20 of them wow. and uh, used them to give away to... Uh, supporters of Radio Ben Raba.
And the other one I want to ask him, see, Mavis Staples. I recently saw Mavis Staples in Basel at the Avo Sessions a few years ago. It was, here's the lineup. It was Nick Lowe, the Steve Miller Band, and Mavis Staples. What a great artist she is. Mm-hmm. I've been so fortunate to have been around Mavis a bit, um, and I've interviewed her on a few occasions now. And uh, to me, um, she's probably my fe- favorite female vocalist of all time. And the passion that she brings to doing uh, all the material that she does and that the kind of righteousness that she um, brings, um, you know, representing the Staples family and especially pop staples to this day she she brings that but if you ever have a chance to interview her she is so great because you know she, she's so soulful and um and she likes to talk um and she'll tell you these amazing stories so uh the first book that i did um it kind of follows my love of music through um the British invasion bands and and where that started, which was of course skiffle music in in the mid and late fifties in England, and so the first interview in the book is with uh, Chris Barber, who was um, you know with Lonnie Donegan created that whole skiffle thing, um, and then it goes through um, Bill Wyman, Long John Baldry, uh, Mick Fleetwoods, um, Eric Burden, and then that it goes from. England over to uh, Chicago and Memphis and the Delta, a number of interviews. But the Mavis Staples one is is under um, uh, bonus tracks. So at the end of the book, there's Mavis Staples and Rye Cooter oh, because cool. they're so, so special and right. um, great interviews. Yeah. I think, you know. Do you have a top three set of interviews that you feel really demonstrated what you wanted to get out of the artist and to express also what you felt about their music? It would be really difficult to narrow that down. Um, but there are certain artists that, uh, that, that just are so generous, you know, and Mavis was that way. Um, I've interviewed Ry Cooter a couple of times and, and found him to be extremely generous as well, like B.B. King, Alan Toussaint. Um, there's Another just a, great player, laid oh, back, yeah. great player. I also, you know, this is something special for me to be here with you in Edmonton. And I can tell people how much I enjoy doing blues radio. And it's a volunteer labor of love that I do. And I've been doing it for uh, almost 30 years. You're doing it for 50 years. I'll never catch up to you. (laughs) But what I wanted to say is the fact that you're here, you understand when I say it's the greatest hobby that mm-hmm. anyone could ever have. And it's not just the, mu- the music's a huge part of it, but it's also the people. Absolutely. That's, uh, that, that drives so much of it um, because it's roots music, it's blues. Um, you know, there's not a lot of people getting rich. Um, there's a whole bunch of people trying to survive and um, there's a lot of wonderful character there. It's not people doing it for the riches because that's not there. It's doing it for the passion, the love. You have to do it, you know. Right. And it's the emotion of the music. The music to me is incredibly beautiful, and it's it touches people. Yeah, Holger, I want to thank you very much. And I also, you're coming up to 50 years of doing great uh, radio, blues radio. I hope you get another 50 years <laughs> ahead of you too. Thank you very much, Mark. It's been a pleasure cruising around in the Zeppelin with you. <laughs> thank you. I 
Rabe. 95.6 WRFI Watkins Glen Ithaca Blows up the Coming to you live Radio band Up in the alpine sky Oh. 
feel-good friend. Yeah, that uh, concludes the uh, interview with Holger Peterson that I performed some two weeks ago at the studios of CKUA in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I want to thank Holger for his generosity of time and his friendship. During that interview, we heard a track from B.B. King from the Live at the Regal album, Worry, Worry. We also heard Duke Robillard from the 2006 release on Stony Plain Records, Do the Memphis Grind. That was actually also released in Europe, licensed to Dixie Frog Records, but originally on Stony Plain. And then we closed it with a track from Mavis Staples from the 45th anniversary CD from Alligator Records, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? In our number two of the Blue Zeppelin, we are going to hear part one of this six-part series of uh, radio special Blind Lemon Blues that I recorded with Terry Parsons at the studios of CHMR in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. And at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have that interview with Scott Sherrard, the lead guitarist for the Greg Aldman Band, and they have a brand new CD which came out after Greg's passing. We're going to get to that at the bottom of the hour. There's a brand new CD out by King King. The CD's called Exile and Grace, and the track is called Gimme No Lovin', and welcome to our number two of the Blues Zeppelin. She was young 
arguably more rock than blues, but that's King King, Scottish band, and a brand new CD, Exile and Grace, with the track Gimme No Lovin'. Tonight at the Mully Hunziker here in Bern, Big Daddy Wilson is going to be performing there. And here's a track from Neckbone Stew featuring the great Ruthie Foster. Give me one reason to stay here And I'll turn right back around Give me one reason to stay here And I'll turn right back around Said I don't want to leave you lonely You've got to make me change my mind Baby, I got your number Oh, and I know that you got mine You know that I called you
reason Yeah, that's uh, Mighty Mo Rogers from his 2009 release, Dispatches from the Moon, and the track is uh, Blues in the White House. And I can tell you that he wrote that song when Obama was in office, not the uh, the current uh, resident in the White House. And I, I played that because Mo is coming to Marion's Jazz Room from the 20, sorry, the 17th to the 21st of October. That's uh, over next week just after a week from now, so maybe about 10 days from now, and he will be here in the studios of Radio Band Robber, probably on Bruce's show, rebroadcast here on the uh, Blue Zeppelin, but check it out on the uh, 21st in the morning with Bruce Caldwell on the uh, Der Samstig am Mor- or Der Morgen am Samstig show, I should say. Before that, Big Daddy Wilson, and once again, he's performing this evening at the Mully Hunziker in Rubigen, start time is 8.30 p.m. And uh, one other thing I did when I was in Canada, in Newfoundland, the 
the wonderful uh, Terry Parsons invited me to be on his blues program in St. John's, Newfoundland, a university uh, base station, non-commercial base station in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. And uh, there are six parts to this. We're going to hear part one today. So here's part one of Blind Lemon Blues. From the Mississippi Delta to the Great White North, I'm Terry Parsons, and you're tuned to the Blind Lemon Blues for the week ending Sunday, September 10th, 2017. Welcome aboard for two hours of excellent entertainment. I'm joined this evening by Mark Stunzler. Mark, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Terry. We should point out that you are the host of Blues Zeppelin on Radio Burn in Switzerland. That's right. I've been on Swiss Community Radio since 1989, beginning on Radio Laura in Zurich. And very happy to report I'm on Radio Baron Raba since 2006. And now you're on CHMR. Life is complete. You, you can tick off the old uh, bucket list. <laughs> right. And what's also a great pleasure, Terry, we both share... The airwaves on Blues Radio Canada. That's true. Great service that goes nationwide here in the Great White North. And uh, we should say a tip of the hat and a thank you to Johnny Max for all the work that he does with uh, Blues Radio Canada. But now you're on a, a massive trip here now to uh, visit some blues festivals. And you just came from some very cool blues festivals uh, in Ireland. Yeah, for my third time in a row, I attended the uh, Harvest time blues festival in monaghan ireland that's about an hour and a half north by car from dublin airport and great festival and the thing that i really like about that festival they have uh six hours a day of acoustic music wow so an acoustic tent or just on a main stage it's actually in a uh a room called the market the market house on the second floor beautiful venue and uh there's great music every time I attend. Okay. Well, now you've got some music selected for us to uh, to feature on the show to start us off. So let's let's run through them and tell us a bit about uh, what we're going to hear. Okay. The first one is from Doug McLeod. Doug McLeod is a, a really wonderful American uh, acoustic resonator guitarist. Mm-hmm. He's living now in Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. And the uh, new CD is called Break the Chain. And the track that I thought we'd listen to... Um, is called Who's Driving This Bus? <laughs> it's appropriate in my case. All right, this is Doug McLeod on the Blind Lemon Blues. Oh, I wonder. Who's driving this bus? All I know, it ain't one of us. Wall Street mogul brought our country to his knees. One went to jail, do you know the rest stayed free? So they blame it on the teachers, the immigrants in poor need. Too big to fail, too small to succeed. Yes, I wonder. Wonder now who's driving this bus. All I know, it ain't one of us. We're the richest country 
Are people still starving? Mothers and their babies eating garbage and living out of cars. Our homeless vets abandoned, forgotten, and scarred. We send help all over this world. A little more to our backyard. Oh, I wanna. Wondering who's driving this bus. All I know, it ain't one of us. politician we got running around we got live syndicators popcorns and clowns I learned back in school that hot air got a rise from the ground I'm sitting here wondering what's holding those people down oh I wonder this bus. From the Mississippi Delta to the great white north, this is Brooks Williams on the Blind Lemon Blues. Left me wild. My mama died and left me reckless. 
Yes, my papa died and left me wild I know I'm not good looking But I'm some sweet woman's angel child You're a mighty mean woman to treat me this way You're a mighty mean woman to treat me this way I'm gonna leave this town pretty mama
had Sean Taylor with something called Bad Case of the Blues, taken from the album Flood and Burn. Yeah, Sean Taylor based in London, England, Mm -hmm. guitarist and harmonica player. And uh, this is his latest CD, really very talented individual. And on the track we heard, we also heard Danny Thompson doing a double bass on that CD, the the former longtime player with Richard Thompson. Right on. Before that, we had Brooks Williams and a wonderful cover of Statesboro Blues, uh, taken from the album Brooks Blues. Yeah, Brooks is a uh, Amer- originally American, mm-hmm. and he's been living now for a long time, a couple of decades in Cambridge, England. Mm. And, uh, yeah, terrific player. There's some great blues coming out of England these days. Though. Absolutely. Some amazing blues. And we started that set off with Doug McLeod, Who's Driving This Bus? Yeah, Doug's a really interesting cat. He's now living in L.A., originally from the East Coast. And uh, the track that we heard, the song that we heard, Who's Driving the Bus, is really uh, a political song about who's in charge, what's going on. Yeah. There's a lot of politically charged blues coming out these days, you know? Maybe Trump might have had something to do with it. I don't know. Well, Doug uh, talked about this. He wrote this about a year and a half ago, so before Trump came into office. But essentially, it was about, yeah, really, who's in charge, who's making the decisions. Who's making the decisions. And in a lot of cases, it's really hard to tell. Yep. Anyway, time for us to take a short break on the Blind Lemon Blues, but we'll be back after these messages. Yeah, that's uh, segment number one, part one of a six-part series that I uh, performed with uh, Terry Parsons at CHMR in St. John's, Newfoundland. Also want to let you know that uh, Doug McLeod will be performing at the Lucerne Blues Festival in uh, November. I think it's uh, Thursday night, the 16th of November in Lucerne. So you want to check that out, bluesfestival.ch. And uh, yeah, all those tracks that you heard in part one and actually in part two of this series are uh, performances by artists who performed at the Harvest Time Blues Festival in Monaghan, Ireland. We're going to change directions now. We have another interview. Last week I uh, performed an interview with the lead guitarist for the Greg Allman Band, Scott Sherrard. We met in at the Poretta Soul Festival in July of this year, and there's a brand-new album called Southern Blood, which was just released posthumously after Greg Allman passed away at the end of May, and I performed an interview last Tuesday via Skype with Scott Sherrard. Let's listen to that right now. It's a great pleasure to have Scott Sherrard joining us from New York City. He's the guitarist and musical director of the Greg Allman Band, and they have a new CD that's been recently released called Southern Blood on Rounder Records. Welcome to the Blue Zeppelin, Scott. Thanks for having me, man. It's a great name for a radio show. Thank you. We had the very fortunate opportunity to meet this summer at the Peretta Soul Festival. You were there. How did you wind up coming to a a soul festival in Italy? Well, uh, you know, it it started like so many great things do in the American South. (laughs) I was in Memphis uh, performing with uh, some of the members of the legendary high rhythm section backing me up. I've had a very charmed musical life. I'm not going to lie, but I appreciate it. And uh, I really appreciate uh, Charles Hodges and uh, and Leroy Hodges 
uh, and Howard Grimes, who were playing with me, along with my friends from the Bokies. And we were playing at the Stax Museum of Soul, which is a museum that was built on the site of the original Stax recording studio. So there was a lot of there were a lot of ghosts at work in the room. And, uh, you know, I, I just got lucky. Um, uh, Graziano, the organizer of the festival, happened to uh, leave Beale Street and leave the uh, Blues Foundation proceedings and come to my little scab show uh, over at the Stax Museum. And he wandered in and uh, lucky for me, he really enjoyed what he heard. And uh, he invited me to participate in the Peretta Soul Festival. And I think probably some people were wondering why I was there. I mean, of course, you know, I'm a, I'm a 40-year-old middle-aged white guy who's been playing rock and roll his whole life, but I was actually raised on blues and soul and jazz uh, by some of the masters, and, uh, and I love all kinds of music, uh, although at the end of the day, I consider myself a rock musician. But I think once I got up and started playing, we all, uh, we all hit a groove, and you know, I was really lucky that Graziano had the vision to have me do a set uh, where I could sing and play my own songs. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the performers were actually doing covers and things like that. And uh, he actually wanted me to do my original music. And I even got one night to uh, dedicate Statesboro Blues to uh, to Greg, who had only passed a couple months before that show. And uh, I think uh, we had Bernard Purdy, Carla Thomas and, uh, and Devel Crawford, you know, some musicians who I really have have loved and revered my whole life. Uh, so it was just an absolute honor to be at this thing. And what a wonderful festival and uh, town, town of Peretta in Italy is just lovely. Yeah, it was fantastic to see you there. And uh, I was there witness to the uh, rendition of Statesboro Blues that you performed that night. It was a, a, definitely a highlight of the entire festival. I wanted to ask you, Greg Ullman passed away at the end of May this year. And the CD, I guess, must have been completed just weeks before his passing. Well, uh, in terms of the, the editing of the CD, yes, that is the case. Uh, when you're talking about the mixes and the, the overdubs and the sweetenings and things of that nature. Actually, in point of fact, uh, Greg Allman and his band's contribution to the record were all done live on the floor at Fame Studios at the original recording session. So, you know, you're not you're not hearing any redone vocals. I mean, those vocals Greg did are the vocals that were done live on the floor with the band, which is pretty remarkable. And then Don was the producer, uh, did a wonderful job, of course, of leading the proceedings on the floor, but then also. He brought in uh, some other musicians uh, to do uh, some wonderful musicians like the McCrary Sisters, Greg Lace, uh, to come do pedal steel and backup vocals. And then uh, uh, I believe it was Bob Clearmountain who mixed the record. Yeah, even Jackson Greg, Brown makes an appearance on this CD. That's correct. That's right. I, I forgot it. How could I forget? Jackson sings backup on his own song, Song for Adam, that uh, Greg covered. It was a wonderful uh, process, man, and uh, it was very difficult. And um, in terms of, you know, we there were a lot of things that Greg wanted to redo. There were other songs that Greg and I wrote that didn't make the record. There were a lot of other collaborative ideas that didn't get realized. But I think as it stands, I think it's a great last will and testament to his legacy. Uh, on this CD, S Southern Blood on Rounder Records, which has been recently released, uh, there's a song that... Uh, you wrote by yourself called Love Like Kerosene. I'd like to hear that now, but tell us about that. What is the, uh, what went into the creation of that song? Well, I wrote it several, several years ago. It's on my fourth solo album, uh, which is, of course, out there. It's called Scott Sherrard and the Brickyard Band. And, um, 
Greg, you know, lucky for me, it was an honor. I mean, he became a fan of that record. There were a couple songs from that record that he was thinking about covering. Endless Road and Save Me were two other songs from that record that he really enjoyed and uh, actually was working on. But Kerosene, he really heard something in it. And the first time the Greg Allman Band recorded it was a few years ago. Uh, we recorded it on Back to Making Live, which is another rounder live album we did. And then he liked it so much that we kept doing it. And then we started doing sort of the slower, swampier Howlin' Wolf style version. And that's the arrangement you hear on Southern Blood. So I was actually honored to have him record it, not once, but twice. That's great.
Let me ask you, you've been with the band since 2008. How did you wind up becoming part of the Greg Allman band? Well, uh, sax player Jay Collins, who was in Greg's band for over 15 years uh, by the end of the run, I was in Jay's band in New York City, and he was trying to get me the gig forever, get me the audition. And then finally one day I got a call to meet him in Camden, New Jersey, to rest stop, and I met him there, and we went to an Allman Brothers concert, and I ended up getting up and playing two songs. And Greg and I just, we really hit it off from the beginning with our love for the blues and um I, he was just a really humble and sweet cat right from the beginning, and we just really got on well. And, you know, I started as a guitar player and then became his MD and co-songwriter. And, you know, the collaboration was really extraordinary. I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. How would you describe your guitar playing uh, vis-a-vis what Greg was doing? Well, you know, Greg, he obviously had been around the best his whole life. And uh, I had learned to play from the Allman Brothers School and obviously at a very early age dug much deeper into the the tributaries that led to their music, you know, the roots of it, the blues, the soul, the classic, you know, uh, uh, R&B and jazz. So I was steeped in all that and I think, you know, Greg's two favorite guitar players, besides his brother, obviously, his brother was was sort of the guiding light of his life, really. Um, But after his brother... It was always Wayne Bennett, the guitar player for Bobby Bland, who plays on a lot of his Duke Peacock, you know, legendary recordings like like uh, the Bobby Bland version of Stormy Monday. There's all that call and response between Bobby's voice and Wayne's guitar, where Wayne's soloing through the whole song. And that was obviously part of the template that Dwayne and Greg had in the Allman Brothers when you listen to Statesboro Blues or uh, or um, what's the other one? Trouble No More. You know, there's that. You know, Greg sings and Dwayne answers. And I think that was so Wayne Bennett from Bobby Bland's band, he would constantly reference. And the other guy he loved so much. I can't even, I cannot overstate how much Greg Allman loved David Gilmore. That oh, was like fantastic. Yeah. That was his man, you know, and, uh, and Pink Floyd in general. I mean, he was a Floyd fanatic, um, which some people are surprised. I was surprised by that by how much he loved them. But, you know, truly, uh, uh, those were his, those were the two players he would reference to me on a regular basis outside of, you know, the obvious being his brother. Well, that's terrific. There's another song on this CD. You guys do a wonderful set of covers here. There's a Bob Dylan cover, Going, Going, Gone. There's a, a Tim Buckley cover, Once I Was. But there's also a Willie Dixon cover, and I'd like you to talk about that, this song called I Love the Life I Live. It's a real bluesy track. Yeah, man. That I love I love the way Greg sings that song. He he picked that for the record. That had nothing to do with us or or Don was or anybody. I mean, he he picked that track. That was one that was uh that and Blind Bats and Swamp Rats were two that 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 Greg brought in and uh he was real passionate about cutting those. And yeah, we were playing it live a lot with the life I love. So when we got into the studio at Fame, we'd played it live dozens of times already. So he really had a handle on that sucker, and he sang the crap out of it. Why don't we give that a listen, and we're going to come back. Uh, my special guest, my very special guest, I should say, is Scott Sherrard, guitarist, extraordinaire, blues, and musical director uh, for the Greg Allman Band. We'll talk about what's happening afterwards after we hear this track. I see you when 
I love, and I love the life I live. So if you see me, you think I'm wrong. Don't worry about me, just let me go. My sweet life ain't nothing but a thrill. I live the life I love, and I love the life I live. Coming back now with Scott Sherrard, um, musical director for the Greg Allman Band. First of all, what did it mean to be the musical director? Were you doing all the arrangements? What I would do is basically communicate with the band on Greg's behalf. And uh, I was coming up with the, some of the musical arrangements, particularly the rhythm section I would work with extensively. But we would work as a band. Um, I was more of like a conduit from Greg to the band. And uh, I would have input on both sides. I'd have input with the band, and I'd have input with Greg, and I was really a bridge between the two. Um, and Greg needed that because his technical knowledge of music was limited, even though he was a musical genius, like so many musical geniuses. He didn't always speak in, in uh, technical terms, so there was a bit of translation I'd have to do occasionally. But, you know... He was very collaborative with the band as well. It's just, you know, I had to do also the day-to-day -day task of, like, running rehearsals, running sound checks, you know, uh, 
chasing the kittens and getting them into a box. I mean, there's there's day-to-day work that needed to be done as part of the job, making the set lists. I was always in charge of making the set lists. So I would design a set list based on how much time we have, and then I would show it to Greg for approval, and he would make changes, and then I'd give it to the band and the crew, and we'd do the show. So um, that was the main part of being the MD. As far as the arrangements, the horn arrangements were all done by our incredible horn section. Jay Collins, Mark Franklin, and Art Edmiston. They they wrote all the horn arrangements. So I, I didn't I didn't step in that ter- territory. When you have three guys who are that gifted at playing their instruments and writing for them, uh, you, you don't need to step back there or do anything. Let me ask you, Scott, what happened to this talented ensemble of musicians after Greg's passing? Is there any plans to still uh, work together? Well, it's funny you should ask. We're actually playing a show next week. Saturday, October 14th uh, will be the first time we've played together since Greg passed away. Uh, uh, and uh, our last show as a band was one year ago in October. That was Greg Allman's last performance. And it was actually at Laidback Atlanta. And we will be playing uh, his Laidback Music Festival in Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday, October 14th. And that'll be the first time we've all reassembled since our last sh- Greg Allman's last show. Sounds like a beautiful evening, and it might even be an emotional evening, I imagine. Yeah, we're going to play the Southern Blood record from front to back, and then we're going to have some guests. Uh, his son Devin's going to play a couple songs. Uh, Junior Mack and Lamar Williams, who are uh, from the Allman Brothers family, are going to be coming and do- singing a couple songs apiece, and I'm going to sing about half the record. So, uh, And we're playing right before Leonard Skinner at a big shed, so it's going to be a big old rock and roll show in Atlanta, Georgia. It should be fun. Oh, that's wonderful. I got to meet uh, Devin Allman a few times when he was touring with the Royal Southern Brotherhood, also a very fine guitarist. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. Let me ask you also, unfortunately this week we had the passing of uh, Tom Petty, and I wanted to know uh, what your thoughts were on Tom, and also if you had the pleasure to uh, actually collaborate with him. You know, I, I never got a chance to meet him. Uh, I Like, you know, I'm 40, so I was, you know, my, my radio relationship and my relationship with MTV and VH1 as a kid was was defined by uh you know Tom Petty's you know videos and radio hits songwriters like that i mean he's like a master of the haiku right if there's different types of poetry or writing i mean he's the ultimate three chords in a dream songwriter and it goes his songwriting went across every kind of human being uh, particularly in the American landscape. I mean, he's he's also another man who's from the South, you know, like like Greg. Um, and they were friendly, by the way, and 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 very much from the same North Florida rock and roll scene of the '60s and '70s. And uh, there's something about his storytelling and his songs and the simplicity and impact of his melodies and chord progressions that just resonate with every type of American. There's just not a single American who doesn't get his music. There's something very specific about it and very unifying. You know, you can hear it blasting out of a Prius as easily as you hear it blasting out of a pickup truck with a dog in the back and a gun. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. It's, a, it's just a universal... He created a kind of universal rock and roll for the American environment. That's the best way I can say it. I don't know how he's received anywhere else, but he, he was a defining part of my childhood. And... He was also one of the few people who, you know, had hit after hit after hit and maintained their artistic integrity straight to the end. You were going to do something with him coming up soon. Is that right? 
Well, we were discussing, uh, we've been discussing a couple different larger Greg Allman tribute shows, and, and one of them uh, I had heard through the grapevine that he had confirmed his involvement in. So it's a shame because I was really, I was really looking forward to meeting him, let alone, you know, making music with him because uh, he was a giant, man. You know, what more can you say? The man's music speaks for itself. Just put one of his records on and it'll become immediately apparent what
Yeah, I only have a minute before I have to get out of here. Land the Zeppelin. What a show today. Lots of uh, interviews, lots of preparation. I want to thank Holger Peterson at CKUA in Edmonton, Alberta, for the wonderful interview with him. I want to thank Terry Parsons, not only for part one, for part one to six of this radio special series, Blind Lemon Blues, recorded at the studios of CHMR in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. I want to thank Scott Sherrard, a lead guitarist for the Greg Alban Band, for his interview. Blue Zeppelin is heard not only on Radio Band Raba, also heard on Radio Laura in Zurich, Dees Radio in the Valet, WRFI Community Radio in Ithaca, Watkins Glen, Blues Radio Canada four times a week. Thank you so much for listening. See you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye, Norman Hewitt. It was great to know you. And tonight at the Molly Hunts again.